0: It's our privilege to present this message from the teaching ministry of Reverend George DeYoung as part of the Fruit from Under the Fig Tree. George DeYoung is the founder of Under the Fig Tree Ministries, an organization dedicated to helping people understand the power of God's Word in its Jewish context to equip them to impact their culture. George helps us understand the message of Christ by experiencing the world of the Bible. We pray you're challenged and encouraged by the Word of God as George brings us this teaching from the text. Now, let's see with our eyes, hear with our ears, and set our hearts on what God desires as we join George, recorded live on location.
1: Now I remind you that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through Him all things have been made, and apart from Him nothing's been made that's been made. And in him is life, and that life is the light of the world, and the light shines in the darkness. But the darkness has not understood it. So the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of one and only, full of grace and truth, sent from the Father. Hear these, for these are the very words of God. Shema Israel, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. et Adonai Elohecha, bechol lavavcha, u'v'chol nafshecha, u'v'chol meodecha. Amen. In English, hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts, impressed upon your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. When the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your forefathers, to Abram, Isaac, and Jacob, to give to you a land with large flourishing cities you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide, Wells you did not dig, and vineyards, and olive groves you did not plant. And when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Fear the Lord your God, and serve him only, and take your oaths in his name. Do not follow other gods, the gods of the peoples around you. For the Lord your God, who is among you. By the way, can I just stop? That word in Hebrew, in among you, can also mean in you. Can you feel Pentecost? eh? Do not follow other gods, the gods of the peoples around you, for the Lord your God who is among you, who is in you, is a jealous God. His anger will burn against you, and he will destroy you from the face of the land. Do not test the Lord your God as you did at Massa. Be sure to keep the commandments of the Lord your God and the stipulations and the decrees he has given you. Do what is right and good in the Lord's sight so that it may go well with you and you may go in and take over the the good land that the Lord promised on oath to your forefathers, thrusting out all your enemies before you as the Lord said. In the future, when your son asks you, what is the meaning of these stipulations and decrees and laws the Lord our God has commanded you? In the future, when he asks you, you tell him. We were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And before our eyes, the Lord sent miraculous signs and wonders, great and terrible upon Egypt and Pharaoh and his whole household. But he brought us out from there to bring us in and give us the land that he promised on oath to our forefathers. So far from God's word, you may be seated. Deuteronomy 6, verses 4. 23, the Shema. So if you come to my office, you'll notice on the right-hand side there's a little mezuzah and it has the Shema in it, the Torah, the, 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 the law of God, this, this passage of Scripture and even a little bit more from different places in the Hebrew text. Um, so what I'd like to do with our time this morning as we approach communion, I want us to think about that text that we just read and shared together. And I want to share with you what I feel has been a call on my life from that text. And I want to invite you into that call. Because I believe that this text calls us to, first of all, believe in God truly. It calls us to love God transformatively and also to trust God unconditionally. And lastly, this text calls us to tell God's slash my story. I don't know how if I have a story apart from God to tell my story. So let's begin, first of all, in believing in God truly. Um, You know, um, and and you don't don't have to study too far to know that in the ancient period, certainly when Moses gave these words in Deuteronomy on Mount Nebo as as the children were there, um, as Moses was giving these words, uh, they were faced with a promised land where there was polytheism. They had come from Egypt, which was probably the most polytheistic place on God's green earth. They had more temples, they had more deities. Herodotus said they were the most spiritual people that he'd ever met, which is something for a Greek to say that about the Egyptians. And so, so they, polytheism. And this polytheism had, was, was of the nature that, that every land Every country, every people had their own God. Um, every place had a God. Uh, it got to the point where every tree had a God. Some rocks had a God. The ocean had a God. The sun was a God. The moon was a God. The stars were God. And gods were everywhere. Every, uh, there were gods everywhere. And, 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 and I was thinking about that, and I, I was thinking, you know, we're not that far removed from that, are we? Um, the other day I was driving along, and I saw this on the back of a car. And, and, and this, this, this picture of this, this word coexist. And, and as Christians, we want to be tolerant of others. As Americans, we want to be religious freedom. But as God's people, called by the God of the text, God is saying, no, there aren't many gods. I mean, nowadays, I mean, well, you can worship the God you want to worship, and I'll worship the God I want to worship, and, 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 and you have every right to worship this way, and you have every right to this way, and, and for me, he's not God of the Bible. He's just the great spirit or whatever. It's a, and and, 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 and the, Shema, the Shema is saying, no, no. If we, if we see this, okay, then we understand where we're beginning in our ministry, but this is not our goal for our ministry because the Shema says, no, Shema Israel, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one, or he's the Lord alone. And, and, and both translations are appropriate. He's God alone. And, and, and God says, no, you, you, just, you, you don't understand. I, 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 when I tell my story, I make everything, and in everything I make, you come to learn about me. So I'm not surprised that people look at nature and they come to think about me. That's the way I designed it. But then I made the man, and, 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 and I made the man first. I could have made the man and the woman together, but I chose not to because I want you to know that man by himself is not good. He's alone. Alone is not good. Alone. So I made a counterpart who was different. And together, that was good. Differences are good. And I put them together. And I said, now that's my image bearers. And, and then, and, 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 and I, I reveal myself in my word. And this is who I am. And, and you understand, you don't create me. I created you. And, and and, and you have to understand, <laughs> I'm not dependent upon you, whether you believe me in me or not. I'm I'm like gravity. I'm there. I, I'm like I, I'm like light. I'm there. I'm like water. It's wet. Uh, that's me. You now you can you can say that's dry water, that's semi dry water, or whatever. But I you can but I am who I I am a reality that you are to come to know because I created you, and I know you intimately. Now, I'm going to lay all that in front of you, because a lot of, a lot of us, especially as we go on to the halls of knowledge in the upper class, people are going to say, that's pretty narrow. That's pretty narrow, I'm a pretty narrow view of God. Well then, how do you like people to think about you? You, how, have you ever been misunderstood? Have, have people made opinions of you by looking at some of the people you hang around with and never, never meet you? How would you like that? Are there people, are there people who, who, who make opinions of you and say things about you that you say, that's not true, that's not who I am? Listen. Listen. As we think about loving each other, I'm I'm here to tell you, as the body of Christ, our loving each other is based upon an understanding of how much God loves us, and it's based upon an understanding of God as he desires to be understood, as he reveals himself in the text. We cannot go any further. That's why the Bible is so important. The Shema, hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, and we've got to get to know the Lord as he really is. Like there came a time when Israel had so given herself over, and, 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 and it's interesting because when, when, when Israel gave herself over to all these idols, this idolatry was pictured by God as adultery. But she had broken her vows with him, and she'd gone after all these other gods. And there came a time. It's not that she forgot totally about God. It's just that she went after all these other gods. And she thought God was, she began to buy into the worldview of what God was like. Coexist. And God said, no. No, and look at you. Look at you, you're living like the rest of the world. In fact, the land is suffering more under you than it did the pagans before you. And God sent them into exile. And you want to know why? Because God. one of the reasons God sent them into exile, he says, that's not what I look like. You and I are as image bearers. People are going to see what God looks like by how you and I look like together. That's not what I look like, says God. And he sent them into exile. It's interesting, that word for exile in Hebrew could also be translated as divorce, that they were divorced. It's also interesting um, that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Mordecai and Esther, Daniel, that that God, you could argue, went with them in exile. Because he never leaves, he never forsakes. And he brought her back. Hmm. Love... God truly. And then, love God transformatively. Um, what do I mean by that? Well, the Shema goes on, and at this verse, these commands that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. You see, the heart is where everything is lived. You live from your heart. Now, in in the ancient period, you and I, we separate mind and heart. In fact, if you were to read Jesus' version of the Shema in the Gospels, you would read, I love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, right? And because that's Greek, and Greek separated the two, but but in the Hebrew, uh, all your heart contains both mind and heart, your your, your essence. and, And how do you do that? Well, this is a little bit of review, but I think it's appropriate for this time. That word Shema, Shema Israel. If you, if you look at the Hebrew, it's an imperative. This is not God asking, hey, would you please listen to this? This is like, thou shalt not kill, <laughs> thou shalt not steal. It's, a, it's an imperative, it's a command. This, God says, listen. And we've talked about this before because there's the kind of listening that can you hear me speak? And secondly, do you understand? ici on parle français oui oh no no i just asked you do we all speak french here yes or no trust me no we don't Uh, see because you didn't understand what i was saying you didn't understand what i was saying so do you hear me do you understand what i'm saying then are you moved to shema is to hear to shema is to understand shema is to be moved by it but to shema The word Shema, which is here, you know, I've told you this before, is translated in the Bible many times as obey. So far, there's no obedience. It's only obedience when something changes in you, when your life is shaped in a certain way. That's when you Shema. There are some churches where they come in and they hear and they understand and they move and they leave, move, but unchanged. Today, I tell you, in fact, I think God will hold us accountable to this. It's my job, well, quite frankly, it's the technical guy's job, to, so you can hear this. It's my job, so you can understand it. It's the Holy Spirit's job, Can you? are you moved? It's your job, are you changed? So when the Shema says, these commandments I give you today are to be on your heart, you have to Shema, you have to hear. You have to understand. You have to be moved and then you take those and you shape your life, you're changed. And then the Shema goes on, it says, impress them upon your children. Well, it's an interesting word for that word, impress. It's, it's a word that can mean sharpen, but it, 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 it can also mean repeat. In other words, you cut these into your kids by repeating them, be repeating, 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 repeating. That's why I could repeat that Shema thing, a little bit of review for you, because it's good to repeat those things. And it says, impress them upon your children. Well, how? How do I? Well, you repeat them, but you talk about them when you sit down at home and when you walk along the way, when when you lie down and and when you get up. Why? You tie them on as symbols on, on your heads and, And on your hands and bite them to your foreheads and write them on the door frames of your houses and of your gates. You talk about God. Again and again. You see God. You help your kids to see God. You help folks at work to see God. You 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 just you because you see God everywhere. Bless God. Isn't that amazing? What a great you you see and you help help them to and and the you so when you put them on your heads, everything you think, when you put them on your hands, everything you do, it, 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 it is about God, because God's on your heart. And when you put them on the door frames of your house, everything in your house, and when you put them on your gates, everything in your culture, everything, when you go out in the economy, when you go out into the world, there, there, there is no separation of sacred and secular for us. No, it's all one. You've got to love God with your whole life, with your whole life. Oh, guys, I've got to tell you, I struggle with that. I struggle with that. There's a couple times on Monday nights when we are playing hockey, and there's a couple of guys that are really good. They're younger than me. they got jets for feet. I'm playing defense, and I see them coming again. <laughs> and the dark side comes out. And that's just kind of a cute way of saying what I experience on the rink is something you might experience in the workplace. Or you might experience with your parents. Here they come again. Or you might experience with your kids. Here it comes again. How am I going to handle this? Am I going to take a penalty? Or am I going to play fair? It's your whole life. Let me give you this, there's a parallel passage a little bit later in Deuteronomy, it reads this way. And now, O Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you? But to fear the Lord your God, do you notice how many times it says the Lord your God, your God, your God? God." And now, O Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul? For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality and accepts no bribes. He defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow and loves the alien, giving him food and clothing. And you are to love those who are aliens, for you yourselves were aliens in Egypt. Fear the Lord your God and hold fast to him." Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Impress these things on your children. Impress. Listen, walk, talk, wear. And then third. Trust God unconditionally. You know, um, this one here, I I get this from here. When the Lord your God brings you into the land that he promised your forefathers to Abram and Isaac and Jacob to give to you. So can you imagine? Here here they are. And I can see it. I can see the plain of Moab. I can see the Jordan River. I can see Jericho off in the distance. I can see where Gilgal would be, a little to the north, where they would go first, before they would go to Jericho. But there's the land, right there. I've been there. It's amazing. And and what Moses is saying here, he says, listen, do you understand? Do you understand your place in history? Listen, because, because you're at a place where there was a promise received by those who've gone before. That promise is a promise that you're realizing you're realizing this promise, and, and, and now, and now, you are entering into a purpose to be lived. Do you understand where you are? Do you understand where you are? And the promised land God's given to you is not a reward. Make no mistake. it's not a reward. The promised land is where we go to work. It's where we go to work. So believe in God truly. Love God transformatively. That your life and your loved one's lives, as much as it depends upon you, are shaped by loving God with all your heart, all your soul, all your style. style. And and listen, when you love God like that, the promised land is not a reward. The promised land is where we go to work. And number four, Tell God's and my story. So I was reading the text and I was, I was blown away by this because in the text, it, 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 remember uh, you, you remember this, uh, it says in the future when your sons or daughters, you know, your kids, ask you, um, what's the meaning of these stipulations, decrees, and laws the Lord our God has commanded you? Why do we always have to go to church? Why do, we, do I have to go to youth group again? Why do I have to do my Sunday school work? Why, 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 why? why dad, why mom? Now, a lot of times, parents throw up the flag and say, you know, we're not dying on this hill. We've got enough battles with our kids, right, right? And the and Shema says, this is the hill you do die on. This is the hill you do die on. Listen, in the future, when your kids ask you, what's the meaning of all these stipulations and commandments and degrees that God has commanded, tell them, The Lord commanded us to obey these decrees and fear the Lord our God so that we might live, always prosper, and be kept alive in the case as it is today. That's not what's in the Bible. But that's a lot what we say because I said so. No, you know what it says in the text? In the text, it says, in the future, when your kids ask you, what's the meaning of the stipulations, decrees, and laws the Lord our God has commanded you, tell him, this is what it literally says, tell them why we were slaves. We're slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt. And and, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Before our eyes, the Lord sent miraculous signs and wonders, great and terrible upon Egypt and Pharaoh and his whole household. But the Lord, but, but he brought us out from there to bring us in and to give us the land that he promised on oath to our forefathers. That's why the Lord commanded us to obey all these decrees, to fear the Lord our God so we might always prosper and be kept alive, as is the case today. So when they ask you, you tell them your story. You tell them God's story. You tell them, you tell them that all these plagues that happened in Egypt, there were one, and then another, and then another, and then there was seven, there was eight, and there was nine. And for those nine plagues, Egypt suffered. But, but we, as Israel, we didn't get any of them. We, did, we didn't get any of them. But then there was the 10th plague. That was really different because that plague, Moses told us, listen, you gotta get a lamb, okay? Kill that lamb, eat the thing, and put the blood on your doorposts. Because the angel of death is coming through. And this time he's not just going to Egypt. He's coming here. He's coming here. You gotta understand, son, my daughter. You gotta understand, we're lost. There's a lot of things God has protected you from because you grew up in this house. And you just kind of assume this, everybody gets this. But not everybody gets this. You have a mom and a dad who love God. You have a mom who loves God. Some of us are single parents. You're in a church that loves you. They want to be there for you. You've got Sunday school teachers who have a lot better things to do with their time but they chose to take this time because they so love God and they so love you that they wanna do this for you. Don't be a fool, own it, treasure it, it's life. Now, if you can't say that to your kids, you should go to Sunday school. If you can't say that to your kids, if you don't have a story, then we need to reboot and go to kindergarten. If I want to learn Hebrew, you know where they put me? They put me with little kids. And as I learn, I'll start to go to advanced classes. Because your kids are going to ask you, why do I have to do this stuff? And if you say, because God told you to, or because I said so, if that's all you got, then we need to talk. No. You've got to believe in God truly. He's the only God. We live in a world of polytheism. He's the only God. And quite frankly, words aren't going to carry it. No. What's going to convince the world that you serve the one true God is by you living transformatively and me too. In order for me to live transformatively, I've got to live unconditionally. All my heart, all my soul, all my strength. Been dealt some pretty crummy cards. But those are my cards, and I'll play them the best I can. And part of playing those cards is telling your story. If there's one thing you get from today, from the message time today, I would ask that you would love God with your entire life, your totality, as much as you can. I struggle with it. I'm not there yet. You're probably not there yet either. But just love God with all of your life and to do so all of your life. And I believe the call of God is on us to do that because you understand that God loves you with all of his life. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Talk to me about the love of God and also God loves us all of His life, there's never been a time, there's never been a time that God hasn't loved you. While we were yet sinners, He loved you. You know what I heard this week? I like this. I heard this week someone say that their mom or grandma always said, we don't raise kids. We raise adults. I like that. I like that. I like that, because I don't know. I don't know when the time will come for you, when you're going to have to put on your big boy pants or your big girl pants, when it's time for you to shine, when you have the platform with your infirmity, whatever it may be, to shine for God. Pray with me, please. Blessed are you, Lord God, King of the universe, sovereign over all. Bless and thank you, Lord, for this time that we could be together in your word, hearing the words of Shema, words we've heard before, being reminded, being challenged, being encouraged, and learning even more. So by your Spirit, nourish your people, that we might live more boldly and bravely to your honor and to your glory in his name.
0: It's our desire that this teaching by George DeYoung has encouraged you to walk more closely in the dust of our Rabbi Yeshua. Please visit us on the web at www.underthefigtree.org or write to us at Under the Fig Tree, PO Box 1256, Holland, Michigan, 49423. Please remember George and this ministry in your prayers. Under the Fig Tree is a nonprofit organization that's solely dependent on your tax-deductible contributions. We very much appreciate your support. Now go and tell Israel. And until next time, may the shalom of the Lord guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord.